Welcome to Element Church Online. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here, and I am so thrilled uh, that you are here with us today. Uh, if you're new with us, I especially want to welcome you. Uh, we want to do our best to connect with you and get you the information that you need about our church. The best way to do that is to go to our website, elementchurch.life. While you're there, if you're willing to fill out a digital connection card, just add slash new to the end of our web address. Fill out that connection card and we will make a $5 donation in your name to a local charity of your choice. We'd also love to connect with you on social media. You can find us by going to Facebook or Instagram and searching elementchurch.life. You can go to Twitter, elementchurchwy. And then once you're there, make sure and like and share uh, all of our social media content. It's the best way to keep the most people connected to what God is doing here at Element Church. Well, we exist to help guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. And one of the ways we're able to continue making an impact is through your generosity. I can't tell you how proud I have been of how generous our church is. Even though we're not able to gather, you have still been giving. Now, if you're new with us or if you're unable to give, please don't feel obligated to do that. But if you're able to and you want to give, as always, there's a number of ways to give. You can download the PushPay mobile app, follow the instructions there. You can go to the bottom of our website and click give, and you can give that way, or you can mail in a check to the address that's on our website. No matter how you choose to give, uh, we just want to say thank you so much for leading the way in generosity. Because of your generosity, this last week, we were able to celebrate Easter in an incredible way. If you haven't heard about it or weren't able to see it, uh, I would encourage you to go watch last week's message online. Then check out all of our social media platforms for the highlights of the day. Not only do we make a lasting impact by, by literally praying all over our community, but we gave away through you $20,000 to go out and serve our community, to serve people uh, in need. I would encourage you, if you've not gone to, our, to the website yet, you need to go to elementgivesback.life. Element gives back dot life. When you go there, just scroll down the page and you will see dozens and dozens of amazing stories of what God did for you and what God did through you because of the Element Gives Back initiative. The handwritten notes of encouragement, uh, they've been landing this week at different places that we have served. Uh, there were some nurses that posted online a picture of, of all the, the postcards that, that they got, some firefighters. They also, they posted a picture of some of the, the handwritten postcards uh, that they received from you as well. Uh, this week, this last week, we got a phone call from the first lady of Wyoming thanking us for praying over their residents. There were so many people that stopped by the governor's residence to pray outside of it that they learned what was going on. She called and thanked us. Then she made a $1,000 donation to the Element Food Pantry from her food initiative fund here in the state of Wyoming. We got an email from the Department of Homeland Security uh, uh, that, that were thanking us for praying over their facility. On Tuesday, there 
there was people there at their building praying for the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, Wyoming News ran a great article uh, on the event. Just did a fabulous job talking about what God did. Uh, News Channel 5 was here on Sunday, and then we were on the news last night highlighting everything that we were able to do. Listen, church, we weren't able to gather together, but we were able to go together because as I said last week, the church has left the building and we will continue leaving the building, making a lasting impact in our community. We wanted to capture a, a highlight of the event. And while this video does not show everything we did in the event, it does give you a little bit of an idea of the impact that was made because of last week's Easter celebration. So go ahead and check out this video. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave. Without a sound, love can speak. Without a touch, love can reach our hearts. We can live in the cage of fear, bound to the unknown which brought us here yet again. Storm, your glory is shown. Our praises we sing as they lift up your throne. No. Stop the light of Jesus Christ. Nothing can stop the love of God. Oh God, we pray for all of those who are leading our children in learning. We know that true wisdom and knowledge comes from you, but our educators play a vital role in the raising of our kids. Thank you for this day, and we bless you for these teachers in this school right now, God. Thank you for all the peace that you bring to us, God. And thank you for the students, but now they are at home. Please provide all they need at this time to continue connecting with their students. By your resurrection, pour out your power, peace and provision upon them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the smiles that you bring to us right now, God. In Jesus' name, amen. No! Stop the light of Jesus Christ. Nothing can stop the love of God. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for their leadership. Thank you for their leadership. Well, because you give. 
And because you connected with us to go out and serve, we were able to make a lasting impact. One of our core values here is it matters that no matter how you serve in the church, it matters for you and it matters for the church. And listen, we lived that out on Sunday. All of us coming together, doing our part to serve God's church and to serve God's kingdom. I believe that we will be hearing stories of generosity and impact and blessing from last Sunday's event. I think we'll be hearing about those for, for days, weeks, months, maybe even years to come. So once again, um, thank you so much for partnering with us last week and thank you so much for your generosity. Well, we're gonna move into a time of worship now. Pastor Jared's gonna lead us in a couple of songs. And I know this is not the way that we would uh, like to worship, but it's, it's what we have right now. So as awkward as it might be, as hard as it is, I'm gonna encourage you to, to engage in worship wherever you are. Let's go ahead and say a word of prayer and then let's, let's go to God in worship. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the amazing work that you are continuing to do, even in the midst of this global pandemic. Lord, I believe it's, it's a testimony to the fact that your mission can't be stopped. And Lord, right now, we wanna praise you for that. So as we move into a time of worship, Lord, I pray that you connect our hearts to yours. As hard as it is to, to connect via video, Lord, would you, would you take your Holy Spirit to connect our hearts together by worship? We do love you, God, and we do give you praise in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, everybody. It's good to see you. <laughs> I can't see you. Uh, it's good for you to see me. I don't know. Uh, so, hey, we got a song we're going to start off with. It fits the message really well. It's an older original, but I uh, hope you guys join us. Jesus. 
take our last breath from us And we do it all in the name of your love And we do it all in the name of your love We will be the light in the darkest place We will be the ones to show Last week, if you guys were here uh, in Cheyenne celebrating Easter with us, man, it was amazing. It was so cool. What a blessing to be able to see that. Um, and, and we sending out um, our people on Easter, which is crazy, but so cool. And the stories that came in were amazing. We'll talk more about that. But I just reminded that this next song that we're singing is called Resurrecting. And we're, you know, we're singing about Jesus raising from the dead. Um, and that's amazing. And talking about how your name is victory. And I'm reminded that a lot of times in life, we are looking for the major victory. We want the big things. We want God to show up in a major way in everything. It's, it's almost like we're emotional junkies. We're just looking for the next emotional high. But I'm reminded that um, God is faithful in the small victories. And that victories come when you do the small ones and they add up to the big ones. And I think that's what happened last Sunday. I, I feel like 
we were faithful as a church and we just did what we could and we found victory in the name of Jesus where we could in the smallest little things. And then when the time came and when Jesus was ready to move, the big change and the big victory came. So thank you guys for just being faithful in the small victories and walking alongside of us with this. So now we can simply claim your name is victory and in the big things and in the small things. Spirit, I will rise 
God, your name is victory. God, thank you so much for just the victory that we can see in you when we are looking for it in the small victories and in the major victories. God, I, I'm so thankful for what we feel like a major victory in your name that you moved on our behalf last week. God, it was amazing to see us come together as a church and thank you so much for just being able to experience that and just this trying time that we're in that we were still able to see you moving in a, in a time where we feel like we're so paralyzed that God thank you so much uh, for that blessing so we continue to honor you we continue to uh, find victory in you in the smallest ways and in the largest ways we want to give you praise and honor we pray that our worship was pleasing to you today we give you uh, praise and glory and honor because you're worthy of it and we pray this in your name amen well, in 1987, there was a band that released a song called The End of the World as We Know It. Uh, 500 points to you if you know the name of, of the band. If you know the name of the band, uh, tell somebody that you're watching with or put it in the chat box. If you're watching on the live uh, online platform, just put the name of the band. The band's name is R-E-M. We got a picture of them here. 
A funny side note, in 1987, when the song was released, uh, it reached number 69 on the Billboard Top 100 songs. Just last month, though, 33 years later, the song reached number 64 on the singles list, make, making it uh, reach a higher number 33 years later than when it was released, due in part largely to this global pandemic that we are in. If you know the song, you can sing along. I'm going to sing a portion of the song here. It goes something like, like this. It's the only part of the song I know. That's the only part of the song I, I'm referencing. It goes something like this. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. One more time. It's the end of the world as we know it. Another 500 points if you know the next line. Sing it out with me. And I feel fine. Who, who, give yourself a hand if you, if you sang that right. I don't know if anybody's sang with me, but, but I did my best. Couple things stand out to me about that lyric. First of all, I do believe in some ways this, this pandemic that we are facing in the world right now, it's gonna change the world. It's gonna be the end of the world as we know it. In the same way that things like Pearl Harbor, World War II, 9-11 changed the world as we knew it, I think this is going to change our world forever. I really do. As always, we will, we will adapt to whatever the new normal is in this world, but, but, but going back to the way things were just isn't going to happen. I, I don't know how it can happen. Things are going to have to change based on what we've experienced. I don't know what all the changes will be, but I'll tell you this. I'm praying that whenever we get back to whatever the new normal is, that I will see less dudes leaving the bathroom without washing their hands. Can I get a witness from people watching in their living rooms today, right? Like dudes, wash your hands. I hope that is a change that comes out of this. So that's the first thing that our world is going to change. Second of all, and sticking with the lyrics of the song, I'm not sure any of us would say we feel fine, right? Sure, I'm confident we will recover from this, and I'm confident that God is in control, but, but I wouldn't say I feel fine about all of this. I, I'm not fine with the uncertainty we are still facing. I, I'm not fine with, with the unknowns of just how much our world's gonna change. I'm not fine with the thousands of people who've lost their lives and millions, millions of people who have lost their jobs. I'm not fine with that. By the way, I think it's okay for us to admit that. Even as, as Christians, that, that, that's not being faithless. That's being honest. Like I have faith in God that he's going to see us through this, but I don't feel fine about everything that's happening. And I think a lot of you are with me on that. Maybe I'm even giving permission to someone today to, to, to feel that way. I, I don't know. Lastly, last thing, I think many people are not just saying this is the end of the world as we know it. I, I think lots of people are asking, is this the end of the world? I mean, COVID-19 is just one of a growing list right now of natural disasters all around our world. Just this last week, we had more devastating tornadoes that ripped through cities in 
the south. We've had earthquakes in places we don't normally have earthquakes. Montana, Idaho, Utah. There was wildfires that just swept through Australia. There was, there was a locust invasion in Africa. Did you know that? Like crazy things are, are happening. Even with COVID-19, we don't just have the physical threat to our health. Like we've already seen the financial effects, social effects, mental effects that this global pandemic is happening. And I don't know about you, but I found myself asking things like, what else could go wrong? What else is going to go wrong? Or as I said, I know many people are even asking, is this the end? What we Christians call the end times. Is this all a sign that we are in the end times? Those, by the way, are all legitimate feelings and legitimate questions. And I'm going to be addressing those things today. Now, if you're new with us, or if you don't consider yourself a Christian, please understand I am, I am not a doomsdayer at all. I don't want to come across that way. I'm not recommending that you build a bunker in your backyard and start stockpiling food and water. I promise I will not be announcing the building of a compound for our church where we you know, all drink Kool-Aid and have an armory full of guns and wear the same clothing. That's not what I'm doing today. So breathe a sigh of relief if you think I'm going to kind of get crazy here. I, I do believe I do believe there will be an end to the world one day. And I believe that Jesus's return is a part of, of that. But I'm not making any predictions today and I'm not recommending any extreme preparations. All right. I just want to make that clear. And, and by the way, if you are, if you are with us and you are not a Christian, I, I couldn't be more honored that you are tuning in. And I promise we are, we're going to love you and welcome you regardless of, of whether you ever believe what we do about the end of the world, about Jesus, about his return. We will love you just the same. You can be a part of our home. All, all that to say, I'm not a doomsdayer. We aren't going to start food prepping for the end of the world. And I'm not making any predictions about the end or about the return of Christ. In fact, if, if anyone tells you that they know when the end is or when Christ returns, don't believe them. Like no one knows the day or the hour of when these things will take place. Even Jesus himself said that in the gospel of Mark chapter 13, verses 22 through or 32 and 33, Jesus is recorded saying this, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, meaning the end of the world and his return. Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself, only the father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard, stay alert. Be on guard, stay alert. Or in other words, be ready. Be ready, which leads right into the big idea for today. It'll be on whatever screen you're watching on if you want to write it down, and it's this. Being ready for the end is much more important than knowing when it will come. Being ready, it'd be awesome to know when it's coming, but being ready is much more important than knowing when it will come. So here's the big question I think we've got to ask, especially in this season. What should we know to be ready for the end? 
What should we know to be ready for the end? Main scripture is Matthew 24, verses 1 through 14. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament portion of the Bible written by a man named Matthew, one of the original 12 disciples of Jesus. In Matthew 24, Jesus is answering three questions that the disciples asked him about the end of the world. That should make us feel a little bit better that people have been asking these same questions even since the days of Jesus. In fact, look at what the disciples asked, Matthew 24, starting in verse one. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Notice the, the three questions. When will all this happen? Which seems to be referencing the destruction of, of the temple. What sign will signal your return? That's question two. And the end of the world. That's three questions. The rest of Matthew 24 is answering those three questions. Now, there's differing opinions on what part of Matthew 24 is answering what part of the, of the question. I believe verses 15 through 22 clearly addresses the destruction of the temple. So we're not going to look at that today. We know from history that happened in 70 AD. Verses 23 through 31 then seem also to clearly reference the signs of the return of Christ, and we're not really looking at that today either. So that leaves us with our main scripture, the remaining portion of it, verses 4 through 14, which I believe deal with the questions about the end of the world. So being ready for the end is much more important than knowing when it will come. So what should I know to be ready for the end? Well, the first thing we're going to see here is this the problems will increase. The problems we experience in the world they're going to increase. Matthew 24, four through eight, this, this dialogue continues with this. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. So be on guard, yes, Stay alert, yes, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. And then in Luke 21, 11, Jesus is recorded in a parallel account also saying, and plagues in many lands. Like, is this not relevant? But all of this, is only the first of birth pains with more to come. In other words, the problems will increase. Like these things we are living in, in our world right now, they are a fulfillment of what Jesus said was going to happen. And as we move closer to the end, as we move closer to the return of Christ, they will happen more and more and more. The problems 
will increase. But, but I don't want to focus on, on the problem part today. I want to focus on that word panic that Jesus used. Don't panic, Jesus says. I want to challenge us on something as a church today. As Christians, our reactions to the problems we face in life and the problems we face in the world, our reactions can often put off a signal to those who don't believe that we really don't have faith in a God who is in control. Like as Christians, the, the way we, we respond to problems we can't control should be a testimony of the trust we have in a God who is in complete control. We may not feel fine about everything around us, but our faith is in Christ alone. That should be our testimony by how we respond and why. Why, why is or why should our faith be in Christ alone? Be, because when the world seems to be falling apart, do you know who isn't? Jesus. Jesus is not falling apart in all of this. In fact, when problems increase in the world, do you know what the scripture says Jesus is doing? He's sitting down. He's sitting down, meaning he's in complete control. Look at what Hebrews 10, 12 through 13 says about Jesus. But our high priest, that's Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There, sitting down, he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet, which references his return one day. Like when Jesus sees all that's going on in, in the world today, he, he's not surprised. Jesus is not, he's not caught off guard. He's not alarmed. He, he's not panicked about things happening in our world right now. If he was, he wouldn't be much of a God. Right? Like, can you imagine Jesus being like, hey, angels, come over here. Like, did you guys see what's going on down there? Like, did you know there's a pandemic in the world right now? And apparently there, there's some guy in charge who used to have a reality TV show. Like, why didn't somebody tell me about this? Like, this is an absolute disaster. That's not what he's doing. Jesus does not have a coronavirus task force giving him new information every single day. He's not up in heaven pacing around, scratching his head, wondering what to do about what's going on. Jesus is seated on his throne because he is in complete control. Yes, yes. Jesus cares deeply about what's happening in our world. I believe Jesus is grieving with those who grieve and mourning with those who mourn. I believe Jesus is working in ways, moving in ways that we will never know or understand. I believe Jesus is doing what the scriptures say, that he is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are, are, are crushed. But listen, he's not even standing up in despair right now. He is seated on his throne because he is a God who is in complete control. 
So, so when problems come, and we're in one, like there's no denying that. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray. We should. We should be pleading with Jesus to provide a solution to all this. I'm not saying we, we can't hurt or cry or, or mourn. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when our world is out of control, it's up to us to model for those who don't believe our absolute trust in a God who is in control. Don't panic, Jesus says. These problems are going to increase. And then he says this, and I'm sorry, the news does not get any better from, from Jesus. Verse 9 says this, Then you, meaning the disciples and all of those who would believe, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And some of you are like, man, Pastor Jeff, I am so glad I tuned in today for this encouraging word, right? Being ready for the end is so much more important than knowing when it will come. So what should we know to be ready for the end? Well, these problems are gonna increase, okay? It's a sign that the end is coming, but they're just, they're gonna keep on getting worse. Number two, persecution will come. Like persecution will come, Jesus said. Church, we should be praising God for the freedom we have to even do this right now, to gather online. Because in many parts of the world, just gathering online is not even allowed. Yes, the problem of this pandemic and other natural disasters, they are, they're hard to face. I'm not denying that in any way, but throw on top of it persecution. I, I'm not sure most of us are ready for that in our faith. According to Open Doors USA, a ministry that serves uh, persecuted Christians all over the world, uh, today there are more than 260 million Christians who live in areas of extreme persecution. Uh, that's one in eight Christians worldwide live in areas of high persecution for their faith in Jesus. Every, listen to this, every day in Nigeria, every day, four Christians are killed for their faith in Christ every day. And in places where this extreme persecution exists, it doesn't stop during this pandemic. In fact, it's increasing. Because in a lot of these countries, Christians are often seen as the lowest in society and they are neglected medical aid, financial aid, and basic needs simply for their faith in Jesus. And yet in America, when, when we are, are free to, to worship Jesus, we so quickly, even as Christians, question God when bad things start to happen. As if following Jesus is supposed to be more convenient and more comfortable for us. Listen, church, the idea that following Jesus should make us more comfortable is both arrogant and American. It's arrogant and it's American. My heart breaks, it breaks for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world who are not only facing this pandemic, but persecution on top of it. Being denied medical treatment and jobs 
and, and basic needs simply for their faith in Jesus, even being killed for their faith. And my question is, are we ready for that here? Am I ready for that? Because I, I don't know when it will come, but according to Jesus, the whole world will one day hate us because we follow him. Are we ready for that? According to Jesus, lots of people won't be. He continues, Matthew 24, 10 through 13. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures to the end will be saved. Like, let that sink in for a moment. Jesus warns us. He, he tells us ahead of time that, that problems are going to increase and persecution's going to come, but only the one who endures to the end will be saved. Not the one who endures part of the way, not the one who endures most of the way, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So being ready for the end is so much more important than knowing when it will come. So what should we know to be ready? Problems will increase. Persecution will come. Number three is, this is so important. Perseverance is required. Perseverance in the end is required. I mean, according to Jesus, these are sobering words. Many will turn away from him in difficult times and they won't be saved. They won't be saved. The Bible has a lot to say about endurance, by the way, about perseverance. Romans chapter five, verses three through five says this, and these are shocking words. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop what? Endurance. Some translations say perseverance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And then also in the book of James, James, the half-brother of Jesus, who didn't even believe in Jesus until he rose from, from the dead, James 1, 2 through 4 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That's some counterintuitive thinking. For, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Sorry, another song to get stuck in your head. It's, I have no idea if anybody laughs at my jokes because there's nobody in here but me, but I thought that was funny. So let it grow. For when your endurance, listen, is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wow. Wow. Like how often do I view my problems as an opportunity for great joy, as an opportunity to rejoice? And why should I rejoice in my problems? 
Because every problem God allows is an opportunity for him to produce perseverance in me. Every problem God allows is an opportunity for him to produce perseverance in me. What if we started seeing our problems as an opportunity to grow instead of just an obstacle to overcome? That's good preaching right there. Like what if we began to pray? God, how do you want me to grow through this problem? That, that Lord, you said the one who endures to the end will be saved. So please take this problem I'm facing and use it to develop perseverance in me. What if we changed the way we prayed when we faced problems of many kinds? When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why? Because it develops our perseverance, and according to Jesus, perseverance is required. And then he ends this section, last, last verse of our scripture, verse 14, with this. And, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come then the end will come. Being ready for the end. So much more important than knowing when it will come. So what should we know to be ready? Well, problems will increase. Persecution will come. Perseverance is required. And lastly, number four, preaching will be complete. Preaching will be complete. Think about that. So if the end has not come, if Jesus has not returned, what does that mean for us? It means we will continue to preach. And what should we preach? The good news. <laughs> and what is the good news? Well, the good news is Jesus is coming back. And he can only come back because he came once before. Jesus, God in the flesh. He came as one of us. He modeled a perfect life for us. He, he died because of us, paying the price for my sin and your sin. But three days later, he rose victorious so that any one of us, no matter who we are and no matter what we've done, by faith in him, can be forgiven of our sins, given a new life today, power to live our lives for him every day, persevering every problem that comes our way so that one day, whether it's by death or whether it's by his return, one day, we, by faith, will spend eternity with this Jesus who died for our sins and conquered the grave. But until that day, until that day, we won't focus on knowing when the end will come. We're going to focus on being ready for the end. And to be ready, we've got to know these problems will increase, persecution will come, perseverance is required, and preaching will be complete. Now, you might ask, well, why is he taking so long to come back? Like, why didn't he just end it now? End the world, return, develop the new, the new heaven, the new earth that we are 
our promise. Well, you're not the first person to ask that question either. Because in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Peter, the apostle, addresses this same question Christians in Rome were asking. They were asking, why is Jesus taking so long to fulfill his promise? And Peter says this, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants how many? Everyone to repent. The main reason Jesus has not returned, the reason that that the world has not come to an end is because Jesus loves us so much. He's waiting as long as he can to reach as many as he can. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're watching today and Jesus has delayed long enough for you to hear this message and put your faith in Jesus. If you wanna put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, there's no better time than right now. And I would encourage you right where you are, wherever you're watching or listening, you can say this prayer with me. Just say it silently in your heart to God. Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins and rose from the dead. So Jesus, I put my faith in you. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean and make me new. I I turn, repent of my old life of sin and I will now follow you in my new life by your power. I will do that. Lord, come into my heart and live in me. Give me by your Holy Spirit the ability to endure every problem and persecution that comes my way. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. My life is yours. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, we are so, so excited for you and so proud of you. We want to help you uh, and celebrate with you. Uh, If you're watching online, you can actually text us. Text us the word one to the number on your screen, 41400. Text the word one to 41400. We wanna know about your decision and get you some resources in your hands as well that are totally free. Also, if you're watching on the live online platform, there's a little button that came up that says, I commit my life to Jesus. If that's you right now and you just committed your life to Christ by faith in him, just click the button that says you're raising your hand to commit your life to Christ. And we wanna also celebrate with you and get you resources to get you moving in your walk with Christ. Listen, church, I don't know when the end will come. I don't know when Christ will return. All I know is this, I want to be ready. And I want you to be ready for whenever that day comes. So we got to remember problems will increase. Persecution will come. Perseverance is required and preaching will one day be complete. But until that day, we will commit our lives to follow Jesus and preach his good news every day. Let me pray for you. And then I hope you have an awesome week this week. Thanks so much for for tuning in. Father in heaven, I thank you that in your word, you don't leave us in the dark. Lord, you, you give us not just the information, but the application to know how to navigate these things. That Lord, even when we face trials and and troubles of many kinds, we can consider it an opportunity for great joy. Why? Because even in the problem, you're developing perseverance in us. 
So Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you enable those of us who believe to, to continue walking with you even in this difficult time? Lord, I thank you that you are with us every step of the way. And Lord, I thank you, I thank you for, for the, the souls that are committing their lives to you today. Lord, I believe there's a harvest of them coming and we'll continue to preach your word. Lord, we love you, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.